Hey, y'all, it's Stats, and thank you for taking the time to listen to us banter about life, laughs, and sports. Time is precious, so thank you for giving us yours. You're listening to Sweep the League Podcast. The debut of Victor Winbanyama has happened. It is another recording. It is another edition of Sweep the League Life laughs sports, which we're probably going to get just straight into sports today. It's the turbo edition of Sweep the League as we're going to go straight dive into Victor Wimanyama's summer league debut. And half of the world is calling him a bust. The other half is calling him a project. What do we think? You're about to find out. It's Rudy Campos Jr. It's stats. It's the rock himself. Candace is out on mommy duty. She was at the Super Comic Con that was in San Antonio this past weekend. A lot of stars here in San Antonio. I wasn't able to go. I've had a lot of stuff going on. But we'll give her, we're giving her the night off on Sweep the Lake here. But guys, let's jump right into it. I was going to throw out the stats. I want you guys to just come full throttle. You know what? Spurs Twitter is going bonkers because... People are saying that Victor is looking like a quote-unquote bust, which I don't see. Victor's not the guy that we uh, imagined. They're saying, hey, it's an early struggle. He's got this. He's got that. But the stat line, nine points, eight rebounds, three assists, five blocks against the Hornets on the Summer League in Las Vegas. Two of 13 overall from the field, one of six from distance. Round the horn, man. Who wants to go first? Just give me your take on Victor for game one, guys. I'll jump right into it, man. I mean, uh, seeing him, you know, many expected him just, you know, just straight out dominate, you know, go for, let's say, 20 plus points, have, you know, double, double this and that. And I wasn't expecting that. I think originally when people were kind of asking me what I expected, I, I think around, I said around like nine points, like five rebounds and like a couple blocks. He kind of had a similar stat line, but. I mean, yeah, he did have a bad shooting night, and but I think he's just still trying to get comfortable. There's a difference between the game in Europe and here. But the thing I loved about seeing him when he was playing was just his elite uh, rim protection, you know, just the ability to switch. But he did look winded out there. He kind of looked like he wasn't really trying in a sense. I mean, I know it's summer league, so you're not really going full force, but I think it's going to be fine. And I don't I don't uh, want to hear the people or don't listen to people that say, oh, he's a bust, he's an already. I mean, You've had people who broke out in the summer league and everyone thought they were the next coming Michael Jordan. And then they just were so bad. Anthony, so Bennett. We'll be fine. Anthony Bennett had a massive summer league, number one pick for the Cleveland Cavaliers years back. Oh, and man, that was a, that was a, a career. Nobody wants to remember probably the biggest bust in NBA history at number well, one. Most definitely. You, I mean, you're right on that. People kind of freaking out. I'm not going to lie. I was a little, I'm a little critical of Victor, but that was before his first summer league game. That was before, you know what? I've been critical of Victor before the Spurs even won the lottery. And it's for the simple fact of what we're kind of seeing. It's the adjustment period to the NBA game. Yeah, he played against the Ignite. Big deal. Again, the Ignite is not NBA talent. You're talking about the French League. The French League, We I've talked to guys who've played in the French League, a la Derek Gervin, friend of the show here. The French League is not true international play. It's G League play overseas. So 
we're still trying to get see how he gets acclimated to the NBA game. As you can tell from game one, he got ripped a lot. He got the ball stolen. It's kind of like, to use the word very softly and very gently, it was like he was clumsy out there. And I get it. It's your first NBA game. It's your first NBA action. You're getting you know pushed around. You're getting a feel for the game and how quick it is, too. Was there good moments? There was a lot of good moments. The defense, like you said, five blocks, man. Rim protector. That's one huge thing you need in the league as a rim protector. He has great court vision. There were some passes that I was really excited to see. He's got great court vision, but it's the clumsiness on the offensive side, handling the ball, the dribbling part. If you're going to have younger, I mean, not younger, but smaller guys guarding him, they're going to be able to rip the ball pretty quick, as we've seen in game one. And already in game two tonight against Portland, he's had the ball stolen from him as well. So it's got coordination that I feel that he's got to get a little bit better on stats. You want to jump in on Victor's debut here? Yeah, uh, I think people are just being a little overcritical. Um, Unfortunately, with a lot of not just the Spurs uh, fans, but there's fans across the board from all all walks of life who are just over critical and labeling people busts before you know like as the rookies the rookies are supposed to have um you know trial and error kind of situations where they're trying to adapt to this league in general even those you know coming out of you know uh you know victor coming coming from the french league and such it's a different environment you know kids coming from college it's a different environment and they have to make time to um have that transition process and they need to fail. They need to be allowed to fail so that they can grow and learn from that. And like you said, I think we saw Victor's potential. Um, We also saw the rough spots. And I think it's important to see those early on to see where the, where a player needs to improve upon. Um, So I think this is a good thing for him and good for the organization because they're seeing clearly what his strengths are and what his weaknesses are. Um, His length is really helping his defense. Uh, he's able to, I mean, he was blocked, like you said, we ended, he ended the night with um, five block shots and those blocks were all over the place. I mean, they weren't, they were in the paint. There were some in mid range too, in his arm length and his, just his, his height, it gives him such an advantage in versatility with his defense. And um, I can, I can see those block number uh, block numbers being up there um, on an, on a daily you know, uh, just because he has that capability, um, I could even see him, you know, per- perhaps, you know, winning defensive player of the year at some point just with his potential there. And um, the Spurs organization knows how to develop uh, these players. They know what they're doing. And um, but right now, Victor just needs to see the reality of things and he needs to learn and he needs to grow. And the organization needs to um, help him do that. And they will. And I think yeah. they will. There's a lot of promise here. And like you said, though, uh, you and we're not like hating on Victor or anything where this is a time for Spurs fans to be realistic. And like we're trying to look at it from like, you know, an objective, um, you know, perspective where we're looking at the whole package, what we have here right now in front of us. And it's something that needs refining. Yeah, it needs refining a lot, I think. I mean, you know, and I get it. I get it because I've gotten a lot of shit from people, you know, being critical of Victor. And it's not that I'm critical of Victor. I'm just kind of looking at his game and I'm seeing where does it fit. Because one thing I said, and I've been saying, in order for him to be successful in San Antonio, he has to be surrounded by shooters. If if he doesn't want to play in the post and he wants to play at the top of the key and he wants to make plays, well, you know what? Okay, you've got to surround him with shooters. 
Keldon's got to be a better shooter. Devin's got to be a better shooter. They actually went out and got Reggie Bullock. That's a shooter right there. Keeping Doug McDermott, that's a shooter. So I think with surrounding him with shooters is going to be beneficial to his game. It's going to be able to open up the floor a little bit better for him. But he's got to play his back to the basket. I, I can't see him like you get the highlights from overseas. You get the fact that he's dribbling through his legs and he's doing the crossovers and, you know, he's hesitating. He's getting to the basket, yada, yada. We saw that in game one. Didn't really work out a whole lot for him there. But his very first points came when he was in the post. Am I wrong to feel that the post needs to be, you know, 75% of his game and perimeter, you know, because in the French League, he actually shot worse as the season progressed from three. So that could be exhaustion. That could just be, you know, fatigue, you know, I'm saying exhaustion, fatigue, but it could also be that, you know, the defense got a little bit better on the perimeter against him. We don't know exactly until we look at all the tapes, but he did shoot worse as the, pre- the season progressed. So am I wrong for thinking that, hey, I want you in the post 75% of the time doing your work down there? Because nobody can stop him down there at seven foot three if he has those skill sets. I just wanted to go ahead and say that that is a great point because I was I was looking at some of the highlights too, and I thought Victor would have spent most of his time there w- with his size. Uh, that was one of the biggest features of him, and you know him being just so tall and big. And of course, we've we talked about him, you know, gaining some muscle and some mass to help him down the line, and that I think that will definitely help him, as we saw with Giannis. Um, how Giannis is not he doesn't hesitate to back into the paint anymore um, because now he's got the mass to kind of back it up. And I feel like Victor hesitated in the paint at times. Um, I in some of those highlights from Game One, you saw him make these good passing plays, which is very good. Uh, big men who can pass now are highly coveted, as we saw with uh, with uh, Jokic in the finals and just all season in general. He's the best passing big man in the league right now, and it's definitely a good thing to have. But um, there was almost some hesitation in the paint for him to want to like dominate down there or kind of be a little more assertive, aggressive. And I think that's that also ties into what you were saying, Rudy and Rocky is just the transition that has to take place in the NBA for him, where things are going to be more physical, more aggressive down in the paint. There's a lot more traffic. And as a big man, um, you, you were just talking about ball security, Rudy, he can't lose the ball. Uh, because he's going to be hanging out in the paint as a big man. He should take advantage of that size, but to do that, you're going to have to take care of the ball while you're in there in high traffic. And if guys are going to just pick your pocket all the time while you're trying to get in the post, you know, that's going to be a problem and that's going to hurt his confidence. So his shooting was what they kind of said was, you know, one of his strengths. And that's the great thing about being in the post fadeaway. Who can actually block his fadeaway? If he crafted and he mastered that fadeaway or a little sky hook. Well, I was about to say a little sky hook. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's no way to block it. And then once they body him, then he can go outside. You know, there's so many potentials, but I would master that post move right there. I don't know, Rock, did you have something on this as well? No, and I completely agree, but I think in his first season, it's probably going to be more of a 50-50 split. But, I mean, it's going to come in time. I mean, you have one of the best, arguably the best power forward down there, down low, who, you know, thrived his game in the post and then in, in his mid-range uh, with Tim Duncan down there. And just, I think it's going to come within time. But also, he's going to look way better 
in the regular season because the amount of talent he's going to have on the floor is going to be better. And it's not, it's not a shot at the at summer league team. You know, they're talented players. But, I mean, once you have a Kelton and a Vassell or, you know, uh, anyone else down there, I mean, other teams know they have the respect of who they are. I mean, yeah, you double-team Wimby, and you saw what his passing can do. And once he's in the post or on the perimeter, what his passing can do, he's a special passer, man. I mean, he's super tall and can see over everyone, so he'll find the open man. But it's also going to be up to the Spurs of getting Wimby in open space. I mean, you just saw him kind of get force-fed in this game against Portland right now, and he got ripped. Or he just doesn't have anyone to pass to. Or he just fell when he was, like, driving in and trying to force it. But, you know, when they throw it to him in the open space, he, he did a little pop from the mid-range and easily made it. I mean, that's going to be his bread and butter right there. And I think his three-point shot, three shot will come in in time. But, I mean, I'm not real – I'm going to be critical, yeah, but I'm not expecting this guy to be, you know, all-world coming in. I mean, that I wish he was, but, I mean, to expect this guy to be the next coming generational LeBron right off the bat, it's just no, it's not going to happen. It's going to be in, in time. But no matter what Wimby does, he's going to get scrutinized, you know, or just, you know, just pick the part in his game, not only for Mike, but for just everyone in the world. You know, even if he has a bad game or, I mean, a good game, he's still going to get scrutinized for, oh, it was a, it was a horrible team. Oh, it was a mismatch. It's not. So it's, it's going to come within time, his game, but I think he's still going to be fine. Yeah, I – I'm not. I mean, the, jur- the jury's still out with me. I I think he'll be fine. What I love about it was the defensive side. His defensive present is going to change a lot of shots in the paint, but that's the key word: paint. He's going to get burned a lot on the outside. You're going to get guys if Giannis. If Giannis takes him to the outside, Giannis can get right by him. We've seen guys already crossing him up in summer league, just getting right by him, and that's the problem that I see. Is like it's. It's those types of players that are going to bring him outside. Draymond Green, if he's guarding Draymond, he can get right by him. Joel Embiid's a lot slower, but he also, you know, he's a lot bigger too. Jokic is an inside guy. We There's been videos of, you know, guys bodying Victor overseas, you know, that are bigger like Jokic. Um, it's not necessarily strength, man. It's trying to find that that comfort zone for him. I have a feeling, like you said, he's going to want to play that stretch four, stretch three position. Why? Kevin Garnett. I mean, Kevin Durant. You know, oh, you know, he he plays like Kevin Durant. His offensive game is like Kevin Durant. Bullshit. I mean, it's not Kevin Durant style right now. That's not even close to Kevin Durant. Again, we're watching highlights. Go look at actual games. I mean, now he's being showcased nationally on ESPN. You're able to see what he's able to do. And there's no Kevin Durant right there. It's a it's a project. It really is a project. It's going to take a little while for his game to develop. The Spurs are a great team to do it for. I mean, lo and behold, he gets drafted. Pop is there another five years. $80 million, $80 plus million contract for another five years. So he's going to have Victor. Well, Victor is going to have Pop for five years. What is it going to take for Wimbanyama to be a fantastic player in this league? Is it going to take adding more pieces? Is it going to take just 100% patience? But when I throw this to you guys, this is the one part I want you to focus. How long do you give him before you say, you know what, it's not working? And also, what do you expect in his rookie year in order for it to be a true, you know, this was a good rookie year. For me, 17 and 11. 
17 points, 11 boards. The 11 boards is going to be tough because this guy does not like to rebound. For whatever reason, in the game that I've seen, he doesn't like to crash the boards. And that kind of scares me. But I'm saying 17-11 would be a great season for him. Pass it around the horn to you guys. I would say, you know, around around the 15-16 mark. I mean, coming in, he's not going to be, you know, still the number one option right away. He's going to have to, you know, earn that role relatively. But I think, nonetheless, you're going to see him more thrive like his, with his defense uh, ability. I mean, he's going to, like you said, affect the game, and he's going to make other teams uh, have the game plan against him. But I think a successful season will be around 15, you know, 15-8. But I think his the most interesting part will be his blocks per game. I mean, you, you just see this guy, yeah, he gets blown by, but he has a link to catch up and, and thrive off it. I can see him averaging around two or three blocks a game, but I just hope fans aren't too critical where – they see this guy and they expect to, you know, him to carry the Spurs to the playoffs again, this and that. No, it's going to be a process and it's going to involve him, you know, growing into that role and also adding more players around him. I mean, this this team right now, even with Victor, they're not championship contending. They're still a young team and they still have a lot to do. But I think a successful season will be around 15-16. That's kind of the realistic expectation. I mean, personally, you know, I know he's up in there in the running for Rookie of the Year. I can see Chet winning it. Uh, I mean, I got Chet and probably Scoot and then Victor third, even though, you know, people may complain because Victor's the number one pick. I mean, Scoot's entering a situation where he's going to be the number one option once Dane leaves, and he's going to put up those numbers. You know, Scoot looked really good, and yeah. you know, he could have arguably been up there as the number one pick, you know, if, if you know, maybe this, another team was there the Spurs. You know, either way, it could have gone, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Victor doesn't win the rookie of the year. And it's not, you know, I hope he wins it, but it's not going to say he's, Horrible rookie year if he doesn't win at all. I yeah, I agree with that. I wouldn't be. I mean, I wouldn't be super mad if he didn't win it. I mean, you've the, the rookie class is not like to me. It's not like superstar rookie class. I mean, maybe Scoot Henderson, maybe Wimbayama. You know, those two are being called you know superstar and generational and all that. I mean, it could pan out that way, but. You know, you've got guys that are going to contribute right away, like right away. Case in point, one of my top, you know, sleepers for rookie of the year is Case and Wallace. I mean, I, I love that kid's game. And I really wish the Spurs would have been able to trade up into the first round to get him because I think he would have been perfect in San Antonio. Um, but you're right. There's a lot of good rookies out here that are going to have decent rookie years. Uh, you see the struggles from Victor throughout the year. He's averaging, you know, 15 and nine. Is that enough to get rookie of the year? Who knows? Uh, we saw Scoot go down with an injury already. We saw Eamon Thompson go down with an injury already in summer league. That's kind of scary because you don't want that to happen to Victor. Then you have a slow start to the year because he's on the injured list. You know, it's kind of like summer league, summer league. These guys are battling for a job, man. They're battling for a job. So they're going to go balls to the wall to try to make on an NBA team or to showcase for somebody. But Stats, what would you consider a good rookie season for Victor? Well, I agree with the, I think around the eight rebound mark is good. And you were saying you wanted to see improvement there. So I think seeing numbers up at that range, something a little more consistent on a, you know, on a nightly basis from him would be good. But I could see like, you know, 13, 14 points a game. Um, You know, it's interesting because you talked about his coordination and going back to that, I think that's so critical because um for them to help develop that as far as that part of his game because i don't know like in that first game it felt it looked like he, he was moving in slow motion at times 
Um, I don't know if you guys kind of got that vibe. Yeah, yeah it was like real slow. Yeah, like it, it felt like time was just slowed down every time he kind of handled the ball and whether it was a dribble or it was some sort of move. His passing was fast, though. Um, his passing has been pretty impressive from what yeah. I saw. But um, I think the coordination and the improvement in that will help him just become more confident. He won't hesitate as much and it'll help him become more fluid um, so that he can focus more on just getting the moves rather than just being mobile, you know, on the floor. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring this out um, to the table here. Um, I don't know if you guys kind of noticed this too, but um, he has to work on his landings when he goes up in the air, I feel because in some of those landings, um, you know how guys land on each other's uh, feet and roll an angle. Mm-hmm. And one of our biggest concerns for Victor, of course, was injuries. He's got all this raw potential and we know the Spurs can help develop him, but you know, our big, one of our big concerns was his health. And um, I think it would be wise for him to avoid jumping as high up in the air Um, And of course, as a young player, as a rookie, you're going to, you know, you feel the youth, the energy, you want to go 100% full force all the time and all your jumps. Um, But as we saw with guys like Derek Rose, um, you know, he destroyed his knees by constantly, you know, having harsh dunks, like how harsh landings whenever he dunked, he didn't really take care of himself on that. And he went full, full throttle, full force. And don't get me wrong, those dunks looked amazing. But you know, that constant wear and tear on the knees. And um, I'm hoping Victor takes care of himself. And um, not only with whenever he does dunk, but when he does jump up in the air that he avoids um, going full throttle and jumping as high as he can, because the likelihood of him landing on someone else's foot or seriously hurting himself down there, especially down there in the paint, how we're, you know, we were just talking about him improving his post skills and his in, you know, his, his paint skills, um, it's going to be pivotal, I think, for him to take care of himself. And I'm hoping it doesn't take a serious injury for him to, you know, be a little more cautious. Yeah. And, you know, the the key to that is what you said earlier, slow-mo. He played real slow. It looked like he was moving real slow. And knock on wood, I'm knocking on wood now. I'm really knocking on wood for sure. Be, It's players like that that don't really have those, you know, those moments where they're jumping too high and, you know, they're coming down on, you know, an ankle's really hard and stuff. Kyle Anderson is a perfect example. I mean, he's had a few injuries, but nothing like super severe, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. And it's kind of what Victor reminds me of is Kyle Anderson. Like, real slow, real get to the basket. But it's the problem, like, I, I just... I don't know, man. I mean... I don't know. I'm I'm still on the fence about a lot of things. I love it. Like I said, I love his defense, but his offense just has to be. It's like if you speed him up, he's not too coordinated to go that fast. But if you slow him down, it's easier for a defender to get at him and to make it tough. So what do you do? Yeah, and I completely agree. And I did notice it seemed like he was going to slow-mo, but I mean, he did admit that the you know the condition aspect of the NBA is kind of what it affected him, and also you know kind of just getting the pace. But I did find it interesting that um, off one of the, the Spurs writers at they had, according to a source they're saying that they're letting Victor kind of just do whatever and experiment to see what he can do. I think it's going to be a big learning curve from him. I mean, yeah, he's looking slow mo, but I mean when I'm watching it, 
I just feel like he's kind of just running out there and seeing what spots he can do. I mean, he's only been with this this team, you know, just for a little bit. Last time he played professional ball was three weeks ago. I mean, he barely just met these guys like a week and a half ago. The only person he knows really to be on the court that he's been playing with was, you know, Sokosko, uh, CD, and it's just like him just trying to find those spots. But I also think it, it doesn't help, too, like you mentioned earlier, these guys in the summer league, they're playing for these spots, you know. Ooh, he just made another shot. It was a pretty nice, nasty shot behind the back. But I think it doesn't help also that there's some guys who want to get a spot on this team, so they're going to have most of the touches, and Wimby's only going to have limited touches. You know, coming the regular season, he'll have more increased touches as it goes, but I think it's going to be a big learning curve for him, and that's okay. But it's not going to be okay for some Spurs Twitter, whereas they're going to be seeing Scoot, as I mentioned earlier, Probably averaging at least 20 a game, you know, all those shots attempts and him being the number one, they're going to say the Spurs should have went after Scoot. And I think, you know, it's still going to be too long to t- or too short to tell. I, I don't think you can say Wimby's a bust after one season. I mean, people take time, but I do love the Kyle Anderson reference. That was my guy back then and still is my guy. Alicia Spurs would add on him. But uh, we'll see what happens with them. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, nervous about Wimby. You know, he still has a lot to go. It is super early to be nervous. I mean, it's just summer league. The guy's coming in, you know, okay, so Giannis Antetokounmpo was not a name when he came in. It took him a while to get used to the game. Dirk Nowitzki was not a name coming into the NBA. It took him a while to get, you know, used to the game. These are guys that we're seeing that took some time. It Took a little while. Tony Parker was the exception. Manager was the exception. You know, there's a few exceptions out there that guys could come in and play right away. But if you tend to notice, the bigger guys are the ones that take a little while to develop. Nikola Jokic was not an MVP candidate the first few years of his NBA career. Took a little while. So give him a little bit of time. Are we saying two years? Would that be good? I would go. I would even go like three to four. Honestly, I would go three. I would definitely go three. But I, mean, I would. Giannis I wasn't a mega star either. Like in his first three years, he no. he eventually made he eventually made progression, um, throughout those years, which is what we I, what I think is going to end up happening with Victor and perfectly normal. Um, and you were talking about the hype earlier in the show, though. You know, like fans need to temper their expectations. They need to look at it's good. They should be excited. This is a new phase. This is a new era in the Spurs organization. And there's a lot to be excited about, but Spurs fans need to be realistic about this. I'm going to um, cut you off real quick because yeah. I'm watching the Portland game. The Spurs are playing right now. And I just want to say this. Victor on these last couple of plays had two dunks and massive dunks. One was a putback off of, you know, to get uh, off a rebound. He's going to put a bad dunk. Another one was on a fast break, and he just threw it down. Those two plays, he didn't even think, and that's his problem. I think he's thinking a little too hard. Just go out and play, bro. Just go out and play. If you get banged up, you get banged up. Go out there and just dominate. And those last couple of plays, including on the defensive end, he really got close to swatting the shit out of a ball. Those are the types of plays that are going to be monumental for the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So get him, getting him to get out of his own head and 
I don't need you to cross over. I don't need you to do this. I don't need you to do anything. Just take it to the basket. You know, give me two dribbles and bam, make a move. Don't give me the, you know, Steph Curry bullshit. Just give me the two dribbles and make a move. You you think he's trying too hard to impress? Yes. Very much so. I don't need I don't need you to impress me. I just need you to be good and to help this team. And the only and that goes back to the guys who were drafted number one by the Spurs, David Robinson and Tim Duncan. They didn't come in and show off or anything. They came in and they just played. Victor, come in and just play. Just play. Don't give me the showcase bullshit. Don't give me the between the legs five times. Hey, I want to be Kevin Durant. I don't want you to be Kevin Durant. I don't want you to be Kevin Garnett. I don't want you to be anybody but Victor Wimbanyama. You play the game however you feel the best to play the game. If you need to adjust your game to the NBA style, adjust it. But play your game. That's the way I'm looking at it. And I, I completely agree with you, Rudy. I mean, it's just it's crazy what what I just saw right now, what he done. You know, it kind of reminds me of back then, you know, when you would see like when Yao was playing and he would just poster people and like it just so tall yeah. and it was so fascinating to play. We you know, but uh kind of going back to that Giannis, you know, comparison, if you look at it, Giannis didn't really hit the 20 mark to his fourth season. You know, in his first year he averaged six points and then his best year, arguably, was in 2019. That was about <laughs> seven, eight years in. And that was when he was averaging 29. And you saw his progression. And I'm not saying, you know, Wimby's Giannis or Giannis is Wimby, vice versa. That everyone's their own player. But it took Giannis a while to get where he was. You know, you, you saw him grow in his strength and how his ability. I mean, I remember when in the playoffs, people would dare him to go shoot in a three-pointer. They would dare him to shoot free throws. And they would they would clown him for it, and I think when when being in a sense is going to get dared and challenged by his opponents, mm-hmm. you know people are going to try to come attacking him. You, you saw last game Kai Jones dunk on him, and people people want to dunk on him. People want to go at Wimby because they know this guy is getting talked about. But it's good for the league getting talked about because not only having him in the league, you know, every game, but it's it's making it's helping other opponents and uh, have money in their pockets. I mean. Any game that he's going to play against, it's going to be a sellout crowd, no matter what. You know, they could play the Charlotte Hornets, you know, down the road. And it's a, let's say they've only won 10 games, but it's still going to be a sellout. They want to see Wimby. It's like, it's just a freak of nature in a sense. But seeing Wimby just play and go out there, I think he's going to get more comfortable as it goes. Kind of getting those easy plays, you know, those easy buckets uh, each game will help him out. You know, just having him dunk or just going to the drive instead of doing all the fancy, fancy moves. Yeah, those fancy moves will come, but... He just needs to not just do that and just, you know, get down, get down low and go to work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, go ahead, yeah. yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, cause uh, rock that, you know, I think it's important for him to just stay with his bread and butter um, as we, as we just mentioned, but another thing this ties into as well is his confidence Uh, because if you the Spurs want to do their best to try and get him going early and how do you do that you know get those post moves get those uh, shots in the paint easy buckets for him like you just talked about he just had a put back and he's had like good dunks and that those are momentum builders not only for him but for his teammates as well yeah you got to get him going somehow and it's like you know you're you're seeing there's something there. It's just like I said, how how do you translate that game that he knows to the NBA? Well, it's going to have to be modified. There's no doubt about that. It's going to have to be modified. And 
you know, he's used to the five, six, seven dribbles and all this stuff, step back threes and all that. It's totally different. It's a faster game. And that's my that's the only thing I've got to say when it comes to to Victor on it is a faster game. And he knows that he does know that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the you know, the good thing about Coach Pop is he'll get the best out of all his players. He's one of the guys, him and him and Spolstra. Though you can give them, you know, a pack of YMCAers and they'll still they'll still grind out some wins somehow. They can develop. And that's the good thing about Victor being San Antonio. He'll be able to develop. But it's just how I'm curious to see how Pop is gonna is gonna use him. You know, we we already got Sohan, who's not a terrific shooter. And him and Victor on the court, I think, could be really good. Sohan can pass. And he's a really good player on that sense. Two really good guys with basketball, high basketball IQs. Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season. So, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking to see how he does, if he even plays a whole lot more in the summer league. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to the season uh, coming up for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, going back to Coach Spell, but dude, you, yeah, you, you, uh, if I go with Coach Spell or Coach Pop, dude, they're gonna make me look like I'm the Nate Ro- next Nate Robinson, Rudy. Can you dunk though? Hey, I can dunk on a eight foot, you know, I'll just tell them, hey, dude. man, there's still Wimby to lift me up. Did you see? And this is an idea I saw that they had that eight foot basketball league. The dude, video, have you seen the videos? Dude. No, I haven't. You need to go look at the videos, they have an it's crazy foot basketball league, and I'm like. Holy shit, we need that in San Antonio. Guys just getting dunked on. And the only cool thing is, is you can't block a shot attempt. Like, obviously. Like, yeah. if it's in the air, yeah. you know, you can't obviously block it. Yeah. But when I was, you know, younger, my high school days, I used to lower it to eight feet just to practice. And just to kind of get, you know, the jumping. Like, you wanted to work on your jumping. So, your explosive jumps, I would do that on an eight-foot rim. Man, I want that in San Antonio because I want to play eight foot basketball, eight foot rim basketball. I saw the comments on it, and people are like, "Don't put LeBron in this league. If if <laughs> if he went in this league, he'll average like six hundred points a game, just nothing on dunks." <laughs> well, no, and then I think that's the other uh, the other key is you can't be taller than like six something, like maybe six two, six three or something. Like it's it's height limit. So you know what? we should start this. I think we should try starting this thing. This would be kind of cool. I don't. I don't think Shamaya can play though because she's a little too tall. I mean, I could play. I could be the ball. I'm short enough. <laughs> this hey, would be uh, cool. What's up? Yeah, it will be cool. Just before we uh, we conclude here, um, I, I do want to say you know there's a lot of reasons for the Spurs fans to be excited about Victor, but guys like. This this duo of Vassell and Victor on defense is going to be something. They're going to be a tandem um, on the defensive end. Don't forget uh, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Sohan as well. Yeah, Sohan. Yeah, the, this the Spurs team has has the building blocks for a defensive juggernaut. Yeah, they do. Plus, I, I want to see Dominic Barlow really make this team. Did I do too? Man, Barlow, I love Dominic Barlow. His game is really, really good, and it's improving. He's only 20 years old, I believe. So, I mean, he's another young guy who I'm hoping the Spurs do give him a contract and he makes this team come opening night. 
We're talking Victor Wimbanyama, but you know what? We're going to make it a night because we want to get back to watching Victor here against Portland. This has been Sweep the League, and you know what? We're going to come back really, really hard and strong again. Candice is going to be back, I believe, next week. So we'll have a lot more of the laughs side when it comes to that because Candice tends to bring up the topics that really get us going. And um, being that we're all guys, we kind of tend to go to the dirty side of things and Candice keeps us in in check. So we made it a Wimby type of night. Nonetheless, uh, for Rock, for Stats, it's Rudy Campos Jr. Until we sweep the league again next week, enjoy Wemby in the Summer League. Hopefully the Spurs make the title the title game, but if not, it's been fun. So again, until we sweep the league again next time, we'll see you guys soon. Oh, yeah.